live from America. We're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. opportunity to talk to you. I love hearing your stories. America is far from dead. America is alive. America is here. Even the Democrats are waking up to the dead-end destructive policies of Joe Biden. The deepest level of worship is praising God through the pain. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a stand-up, God-fearing, God-loving thing to do. What a great thing. I love you guys. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Welcome to Live from America, everybody. God bless you, and thank you for joining in. Sir, I want to uh, go back to the earlier question about the 19-inch ballot image being placed on a 20-inch paper. Did you hear of any reports of that occurring in the 2022 general election? I did not. If a 19 inch ballot image was put on a 20 inch paper in the 2022 general election, would that be a failure of your election process? It would, if something like that happened, which I don't know how it would, Yes, it would have been a mistake. Um, could that have also been a deliberate act? Again, you're ask, asking me to speculate about things that I have no knowledge of occurring. So I don't know if it could have been a deliberate act or not. I don't believe that that occurred. What I recall from yesterday's questioning was that there was a 19-inch definition, which that did not occur, ballot definition. So if the back and forth between our uh, question and answer shows me asking you specifically about a 19-inch ballot image being printed on a 20-inch piece of paper, you are now saying that you interpreted that as a ballot definition issue? Yes, that's correct. And you wouldn't think it would be relevant, even in that circumstance, to say, hey, we, we learned about this fit-to-print issue. Did you know about the fit? When did you learn about this fit-to-print issue? When we started doing the audit reconciliation of those door three ballots, we identified some of those ballots had then a, a fit, to, fit to paper issue. Hmm. And when was that? I don't remember the exact dates, but a few days after election day. So this uh, fit to print issue that we're talking about, has this ever happened before in any previous elections? Yes, it has. When did it happen before? So it happened in the August 2020 primary election, the November 2020 general election, and the August uh, 2022 primary election. So ladies and gentlemen, there you go right there. Scott Jarrett, who was in charge of the elections, you know, in 
in a capacity of, you know, Maricopa County and all of these uh, issues that were have you, they were having with machines and everything, there tells you right there in that little series that we just put together for you that he lied on the stand and what he lied about should have overturned the fraudulent and illegal certification of the Arizona gubernatorial, and, and not only that, but the, the attorney general's race and everything else. Right there. there. I don't have to try to make you believe that it should have been overturned. We don't have to dive into the law. Right there shows you that he perjured himself from day one to day two, and on day one, he said, There's, that's ridiculous. This could never happen. On day two, he said, as a matter of fact, it did happen. And we knew about it, not only prior to the election, but as I said last week, it happened in the last three elections. Right there. Coupled with all of the proof, testimony, and evidence they gave was enough. And that whole entire trial, the judge, to me, Looked like he was open and taking it all in. And then something happened right before Christmas. We find out that Mark Elias has some kind of communication with the judge. And the judge, everybody knows who Mark Elias is, right? He's the Hillary Clinton attorney that threatens everybody. He has some kind of conversation or communication with the judge. And then all of a sudden, the judge comes back and says, eh, Nothing there. Sorry. Certification. Now, obviously, Carrie Lake is appealing this, and she's going to appeals court, and she'll take it all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary, obviously. But the fact of the matter is, you just saw with your own eyes and heard with your own ears what should have been, right then and there, a, an election overturned. A certification, I should say, overturned. But it was not. And it only happened after Mark Elias was allowed to talk to that judge. And here's the other thing, ladies and gentlemen. Trump is right. Everybody's right when they say our judicial system. And we knew this from November 4th of 2020 on till now. Our judicial system is broke. Just as bad as our alphabet agencies. Just as bad as our county clerks and our county commissioner offices and our attorneys general offices. And what we've done is, the last two years, is everything we should do. It is just so deep. It is so bad. And right now, today, Mark Burnovich should be bringing Scott Jarrett up on charges of perjury in a court under oath. And that is what we should be seeing as a result of at least Scott Jarrett's involvement. In all of this. Ladies and gentlemen, you're locked and loaded right here. LFA TV live from America. I am your ever so humbled God fearing and God loving host of the show. Jeremy Harrell, the hip hop patriot broadcasting from the granite state of New Hampshire. And it is my pleasure and a blessing from God that I get to do this job for you every single day. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, By the way, ladies and gentlemen, new polls come out after Christmas. It's showing that Christmas is becoming more popular than years past. And Christmas this year was even more popular than Christmas of 2017 when Donald J. Trump was president. So there's some good news in all of the Christmas season, and everybody is remembering the reason for the season. 
And you want to know something else? Pure Flicks. Stock in Pure Flicks. Uh, excuse me. Stock in Pure. Not stock. The the worth of Pure Flicks because they're not a public company. But the worth of Pure Flicks, their subscribers, I should say, is shot through the roof this last Christmas season because people are looking for family movies, family films, family TV shows that have God at the center of all of it. So America is running back to God. And if you look throughout history, every nation, every time that Israel got away from God, God said, okay, here you go. Go through this without me. And when you get to a point where you realize that you need to run back to me, I will be here. Breckelman says, I don't care about Christmas. Then you are lost. You are lost, unfortunately. But we love you. Jesus loves you. So you cannot care about Christmas all you want. But Christmas cares about you. We'll just say that. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, so moving on, Mark Elias is still uh, remains to be a problem. And, uh, of course, Carrie Lake immediately comes out, says she's obviously ap- appealing that. That will go to a, a appeals court. It'll work all the way up to Supreme Court if necessary. Um, I don't know what more to show you than what we just showed you. At least, at least as it pertains to the guy that was in charge of the elections being held responsible for the lies that he committed uh, on, under oath, on the stand, in court, just before Christmas. That should be at least happening. And then we'll just follow along where the trial goes. But that right there, everything that I just showed you right there, shows 100% that it was damning evidence of perjury and a cover-up by the elections director, Scott Jarrett, and Maricopa County Elections uh, Departments, hiding their fraud. And that's, again, just the tip of the iceberg, what Carrie Lakes, and I thought her attorneys did great, by the way. I thought Carrie Lakes, if you think that Carrie Lakes attorneys did great, please let us know in the comment section, okay? All right, let's get to the verse of the day, ladies and gentlemen. It was a busy, busy weekend. I'm so glad to be back, so happy to be back. Um, If you joined us this morning for Rise Up, it was a, another powerful episode. We dived deep into, um, well, what the verse of the day is titled today, Is Your Name in the Book of the Lamb? Because all of this, the trials, the perjury, the evidence, the proof, the non-proof, whatever, where it goes from here, all of this is temporary. But your name being in the book of the Lamb, that is forever. Is it there or is it not there? Verse of the day comes from Revelation 21, 22 through 27. That says, and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. They will, be, they will bring it into the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it. Nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now this entire chapter is talking about the new heaven and the new earth. Again, Revelation. For all former things have passed. 
Revelation is a book full of wonder, curiosity, imagination, truth, fear, excitement, and more. It's a snapshot of what is to come. A lot of people know that I do not speak about Revelation as much as you would like me to. There's a reason for that. I don't ignore it. I also don't set it aside. It's always on my mind. However, my focus and what I focus on, my devotions, is on the here and on the now. God wants us to think only of today, today. Not tomorrow and not yesterday. Now, I'm not being, li- I'm, I'm not being literal. Of course, we should plan for things and learn from our past mistakes. What I'm talking about is pleasing God in the present. Knowing of the rapture and the end of everything that we know is important. And everyone should know it as much as you know any other book of the Bible. However, I see people getting caught up in Genesis and Revelation because of the awesome power of our creator. The stories fill your imaginations and Hollywood has never really captured things correctly to get a proper visual of everything in Genesis and in Revelations. I live by the I'll cross that bridge when I come to it method. And I know that if I work to please God and be Christ-like daily, then what is in store for me will be great. I want to make sure that my daily decisions do not make me unclean or detestable. I want to make sure that things that I do each day actually please God because what I fear most is Jesus telling me to depart from him because he never knew me. Is your name written in the Lamb's book? Are you sure about that? Because if not, then get sure today. It only takes a moment of truth to be saved. When are you going to do that? Let's pray that it can happen today. In Jesus' name, amen. Very, very powerful words, ladies and gentlemen. Very powerful words coming from Revelation. And that entire chapter talks about what we will experience in that new heaven and in that new earth. But if we're trying to evangelize, if we're trying to talk to people, then letting them know about the end and the beginning is great and wonderful. But letting them know about enjoying the Lord now, today, and the present. Teaching them how to evangelize and do the will of God every day. That will secure those beautiful end times. The rapture and beyond. Okay? Let's go to the Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Larry says, I doubt my name is in it. Well, Larry, then you know what to do, brother. And you've got the people right here to help you do it. You know what to do, and we're all right here. I love you, man. And we talked about that this morning. Lacey says we need to talk about the end days. Yes, we do. Like I said, we should know it as much as we know any other book of the Bible. But to start evangelizing by talking of the end days might not be as productive as talking and evangelizing about today. Then, through Jesus Christ, they learn more about the end days, and they're able to then speak about that But let's plant seeds first. That's just the way I live by. God may call other people to do it other ways. 
But it's very important that we do talk about that because a lot of people have fear about dying and about what's next. And we talked a lot about that this morning in Rise Up. I urge you to check it out. I want to say big thank you to everybody who sent our family Christmas wishes and prayers. Everybody is healthy again. Everybody is good. We were all healthy by Christmas. It was great. I hope your Christmas was wonderful. But again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Christmas season. We don't just celebrate it on that one day. Thank you, Clee Sully. Good to be back. God bless you. Scotty, good to be back with you. God bless you. Thomas Taylor, thank you. Let's get to it. Lift up your cups, folks, and let's have our first slurp of the day. Here we go. We need to share, 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 and rumble, rumble, rumble. Now, here we go. Now that the judge ruled in favor of Katie Hobbs, of course, do not put it past Katie Hobbs in Maricopa County to be like vultures and go back and now file a motion in order for sanctions and fees to pay all their attorneys, even though they didn't pay for them. They just took it out of taxpayer dollars. Now they're going after Carrie Lake and they're going after everybody involved who sued them in this first trial. And of course, that's exactly what they would do now. And you know what? I don't blame them for doing that. But they're going to have a lot more attorney's fees racking up through federal fields, uh, uh, appeals court, federal field, appeals court, and then all the way to the Supreme Court. So anyway, headline of the day, Maricopa County and Katie Hobbs seek more than a half a million dollars for Mark Elias, who I believe had a long talk with that judge before that judge made his final call, in sanctions for Carrie Lake and her lawyers. Katie Hobbs is asking for more than a half a million dollars mostly for her Hillary uh, corrupt attorney, Mark Elias, and his firm. But, ladies and gentlemen, gutless Judge Peter Thomas, uh, Thompson dismissed Carrie's Lake, uh, Carrie Lake's election lawsuit right before Christmas, just in case you're not caught up with things, against Democrat Katie Hobbs in the stolen 2022 midterms on Saturday, Christmas Eve, which not only did I just show you in the cold open of the Today Show, that everything should have been overruled just by that perjury and that admission alone, but all of the stuff that was piled on top of that, all of the evidence, all of the proof, all the testimony meant nothing, meant nothing when it came to Judge Peter Thompson. Uh, Rachel Alexander for Town Hall reported, Judge Peter Thompson only gave two days for a trial and issued his ruling immediately afterwards, even though he could have taken several days uh, I believe up until today, and it was written, excuse me, and it was one of the most, uh, the biggest, most important cases of the country. Legal experts believe his decision was ghostwritten. They suspect top left-wing attorney Mark Elias emailed him as, what to, uh, as pertaining in what to say. Now, trust me, there's people out there searching for this communication if it exists, Okay. On election day in Maricopa County, over 50% of those tabulators and printers failed, and Scott Jarrett perjured himself, which we showed in the beginning of this uh, show today. Runbeck was involved in all of it. Runbeck was the third-party company taking these ballots home, taking them to their homes outside the chain of custody. All of that, ladies and gentlemen. And now Katie Hobbs and Mark Elias are going after Carrie Lake for $500,000 plus for Mark Elias' attorney's fees which I'm sure he was already paid by the taxpayer anyway. Now, Mike Lindell, yes, funded Carrie Lake, as well as everybody who donated to that fund. But uh, Holly says, how do we ever win? Smartville says, Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth, but my favorite holiday is Easter. 
His resurrection. Amen. I'm just reading comments as I go. Do you think the judge is corrupt? Well, it depends. What is corrupt? Is corrupt doing the wrong thing because you're threatened? Is corrupt like like the guy for um, Mojave County when he said, I'm certifying this under duress? Or is corrupt saying, I can't wait to make some money out of this and take down the righteous? I don't know if the judge is corrupt. I would agree um, with the people that say the judge uh, ha- was gotten to, was threatened somehow, and his, uh, his response was ghostwritten. Because what's really weird about this is the judge's responses throughout the entire trial of those two days, none of it, none of it lined up with the response that was written and came from the judge. None of it. And the truth lost, said Lucia. Well, I mean, we're going to appeals court, obviously, so we'll see what happens. Lacey says, I'm not shocked at all. Neither am I. Now what for Arizona? Well, uh, while Carrie continues to fight in appeals court, uh, you are bracing for Katie Hobbs to be sworn in as governor in January. The judge was not corrupt. He was threatened. Melly, I 100% agree with you on that one. 100% agree with you. Because like I said, if you read the statement that came from the judge, none of it matches up with the judge's personality none of it matches up with the judge's answers or responses to things or his overrulings or his uh the the objections that were sustained none of it matches up it's really odd isn't it that is why people think that there was communication between mark elias and his firm and his little cronies his attorneys with the judge during that time of the time that the court was adjourned until the moment that the statement came out on christmas eve so that's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. That is where we are. I, I had to uh, bring that. That had to be the first and foremost section of the day because that all happened on Christmas Eve. And uh, it was just, like I said, it was really, really, really odd. It was really odd. Don't just assume he was threatened unless you know it is a fact 100% says sincerely. No, I, hey, I'm saying my opinion. My opinion is none of it matches up at all with his statement. So I'm going to assume he was threatened. I'm not going to assume he was corrupt. I'm going to assume that more people are threatened than are corrupt. And I agree that the corrupt are the people that are using their power to threaten these people to make things, to make these judges say, I don't want any part of this. I don't want any part of this ruling. That's what I believe. That's my personal opinion. Now, let's get to Christmas. Because President Trump sent out a bunch of Christmas uh, truth socials, not tweets, And I'd like to read them Uh, in in multiple true social posts. Trump pointed out how bad the state of the country has gotten since Biden took office. Now, you are starting to see more and more and more and more from Trump, obviously leading up to 2023, because once the turn of the year starts, full on election mode from that moment on. So every day you're seeing more and more from Trump. I would I would like to read for you all those people that got away from all politics uh, for the holidays. I'd like to read to you what he said. Merry Christmas to everyone, including the radical left Marxists that are trying to destroy our country, the Federal Bureau of Investigation that is illegally coercing and paying social and lamestream media to push for a mentally disabled Democrat over the brilliant, clairvoyant, and USA-loving Donald Trump. And of course, the Department of Injustice, which appointed a special prosecutor who together with his wife and family hates Trump more than any other person on earth. Love to all in capital letters. Then he goes on. On this very cold but beautiful Christmas day, look at our nation now. 
on the southern border compared to only a short time ago during the Trump administration. We had the most secure border in our history versus the horror show that is happening now with record-setting numbers of people, many of them hardened criminals, including killers, human traffickers, and drug dealers. By the way, all which he named in his 2016 announcement for president. And that's what they used to say he was racist for the next six years. Pouring into our country at the rate, the likes of which we have never seen before, the USA is dying from within. Then he went on to say, just two years ago, we were energy independent, had almost zero inflation. There was no war with Russia and Ukraine. It never would have happened. ISIS was defeated. Our military was rebuilt and respected before the disaster of Afghanistan. Our border was strong. The economy was great. The China virus was in retreat. Operation Warp Speed was considered a modern-day miracle. Only part of that I disagree with. And we weren't the laughingstock of the world. Today, like never before, we are a nation in decline, a failing nation. Now, he's touching on inflation. He's touching on the border. He's touching on the economy. He's touching on the election. All of that showing a comparison from two years ago till today. Now, a lot of people are going to say, and, and what? Thank you for pointing out everything we know. I agree with you in saying that. But I also will ask you to remember what he says when he gives his little, you know, social media videos or his video statements. He points out all of this and then says this. None of this is going to stand for that much longer. We will be back. We will fix it all. Everything will be but a memory. And you just have to deal with this for a little while longer. So my question to you through all of that is, because I know there's a lot of people who are very, very upset at the way our country is at the end of this year. First of all, I'll ask you to remember how you felt just two days ago on Christmas with your families. Think of that feeling. Then I'll ask you this. Do you trust Donald Trump or not? That is what my question will be to all of you that are watching on Rumble in the chat. Do you trust the words that come out of Donald J. Trump's mouth when he promises you something or do you not? Because we can get lost in the weeds all day long about all the things that are happening day in and day out. The question remains, do you trust Donald Trump when he promises you something or don't you? So what I'll do is I'll pop up the rumble feed and I will see what people are saying here while I take a drink of my gourmet coffee. Here we go. Jackie says yes. He, w- he was been optimistic, but they will steal it from Trump again in 2024. I trust the Lord. No, no. Yes, I do. Definitely do. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, God wins. Yes, yes. I trust Trump. No, says Lynn. Yes, yes. I trust Trump. So it looks like overwhelmingly here, the majority of the people, uh, Hal, Hal W says, no, I do not. Um, no, because he can't beat communism, says B Close 774. Yes, Jeremy, I absolutely do. So it looks like overwhelmingly here, I would say 85 to 90% say that you trust Trump. Obviously, people are chiming in saying they trust God. So there's, uh, there's basically saying you trust Trump. Because if you trust Trump, then you trust, uh, or if you trust God, then you by default trust what Trump is saying. So 
Total trust in DA. So, so there you go. You guys are seeing it for yourselves. I would say about 85 to 90% said, I trust Trump. I do too. I do too. Because of this, every promise that he's promised us, except for one, which is draining the swamp, has come true. He did always say he would need time to drain that swamp. I agree that's true as well. I agree he needs a second term in order to finally do that. Um, my thing in all of this is I have faith in the end. I have faith because you can't beat God, and I have faith because Trump has only lost one thing, and that is an election they stole from him. I do not think Trump will let the same thing happen to him twice. I do not think Trump can be bamboozled on the same level as he was bamboozled in the 2020 election. I do think he has things up his sleeve that you, myself, Crispy, people with sources, people that are close with God don't even know about. I do believe him when he says he will be back in the White House. I do believe him when he says he will fix everything that's ever, ever, ever uh, been done to us in the last two years. So I trust 100% that everything he says in his statements, video and digitally through his true social posts, he is actually going to accomplish. How we get there, I guess he's got the blueprint. All I know is what we can continue to do every day. And we have seen more wins by, by what we've done here at LFA TV and all of you guys in this LFA family in the last two years than we've seen losses by far. That's what I do know. Now, after Trump gave his Merry Christmas to all, even the haters, we're going to fix everything, MSNBC did not like that. And MSNBC came out, and uh, they had a guest on that says, if you do not indict Donald Trump, America will become a banana republic. The most wonderful time of year provides no relief for those suffering from Trump derangement syndrome and just plain utter stupidity. In the case of Daniel, Danielle Moody Mills, she says that failing to indict Donald J. Trump actually means democracy dies in America. I agree with her. Democracy should die in America. There is no room in America for democracy. Now, Delta Patriot says, what a load of crap. He isn't going to do anything. Then I ask you what you're doing here. I will ask you that. I'm not saying you shouldn't be here. I would ask you what you're doing here. Because if you don't believe that what he says is the truth, and I model so much of my show based on the model that Donald J. Trump put forward, my question to you is, what are you doing here on this channel then? That, I'm, not, I'm not being critical. I just seriously want to know. Because I would ask you what lie he's ever told you in the time that he's been a, an elected official or a politician, whatever you want to call it. I would just challenge you back on that. So I will, I will await to see your answer. Now, going back to MSNBC, they're saying she, uh, she hosts an aptly named podcast, by the way, this Moody Mills, called Woke AF. I, appear, I think you guys all know what that means, right? And uh, uh, being a guest on a, um, an MSNBC show, she says... If we do not indict Donald J. Trump, then we live in a banana republic and America is dead. Now, you have half the country that believes that. And you have half the country, which is like us, that believes that we're in a banana republic right now because of what they're doing to him. 
So let me ask you this. I would say this. If you believe that we live in a democracy or that there's any room for democracy, then you probably would agree with that. If we do not indict Trump, then democracy is dead. Because I agree that's true. If you believe that we are a republic and that there's no room for democracy in this country, then you will agree with we're already in a banana republic and everything that they're doing to him is a sign of democracy on the rise and a, and a dying republic. It all comes down to this. Do you believe we live in a democracy or do you believe we live in a republic? There's no, there's a massive separation between the two. We do not live in both. I can tell you that. All of those people that say that we live in both have no idea what the founding fathers meant when they, when they created the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Federalist Papers. There is no half and half. We live in one or the other. If you believe we live in a republic, then we're already living in, uh, in a banana republic. If you believe that we live in a democracy, then you, then, you would, then you probably should sit on the side of we need to indict Trump because the democracy is the problem. And they're trying to usher out the, any talk of the republic. Even Trump says democracy. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I really don't get it. We need to get rid of that word. We need to get rid of any thought that we live in a democracy. Because that right there will be our downfall. We live in a constitutional republic. And the further we get away from it, the worse it's going to get. Now, there's two things that they're, they, they harp on. They will, you'll always hear democracy and you'll always hear them demonizing the electoral college. Why do you think that that new $1.7 trillion spending bill had inside of it a, an electoral college um, clarification to say that the vice president can't do anything. This is the beginning of the end. At least this is their plan. This is the beginning of the end for the electoral college. They want it gone. Because as long as there's an electoral college, there can be no such thing as a democracy. Period. Period. A democracy means mob rule. That's 100% correct. As long as we have the Electoral College, there cannot be a democracy. They need it to be a democracy so bad, they've already started their war on the Electoral College. That is why you saw that tucked into that $1.7 trillion spending bill, because now they're going to go after the Electoral College itself. And we're going to talk about that right after we give some love to four patriots, ladies and gentlemen, for patriots.com. So many of you guys shopped here for Christmas. So many of you uh, reached out and said, hey, we used your promo code. We got some great gifts. And how many of you that bought this in the Midwest are glad you did now? This thing has been a lifesaver for so many people. Um, I want this. I don't have the big one. I have the small one. But we do have the little Patriot cells that can charge small things like your batteries for your phone and other things. Um, but Four Patriots has been a lifesaver for so many people. And right now, throughout the Midwest, so many people would have benefited if they had something like this. Now, it is expensive. But if you go to fourpatriots.com slash LFA, then you get taken to a page where it's $500 off immediately. So go there today. If, you, uh, if, you, if it's still something you're looking forward to get, maybe you get it with your tax returns. Patriot Power Generator. It's the best thing to have during blackouts. And all you need is the sun to come up. And I have a feeling God's going to make sure that happens. Okay. Fourpatriots.com. Let's have a drink of coffee here and pop on the rumble chat. Got that rumble chat up. There it is. Here we go, folks. Let's pop up the rumble chat. 
My friends love theirs. Awesome. Why is nobody talking about the omnibus provisions for the federal government agencies to contract with social media? We talked about that last week. We did talk about it. I don't know why other people aren't. Well, we know why. We know why. Larry, so this country has bowed down to the CCP. At least the ones that are in office now have, Larry. Yes, you are, you are correct. That's why, we, uh, that's why we tried to tell the world about them throughout that whole election cycle. Washington, D.C. is a democracy. The rest of the country is a republic, says Renee. Amen. I do have a question. Why is our Patriot mug made in China? Why is our Patriot mug made in China? Not sure what mug you mean. Most things are made in China today. How about $1.5 billion given to the cartel? Hey, Jeremy, I hate to say it, but I still didn't get that CD. Have no wonder why. I wonder if it's getting taken. Well, we sent five, so I would assume that, yes, it's being taken. You need a third party trying to transform the GOP is never going to work. Well, it's been working so far. It's not done yet, but it's been working so far. And I do not disagree, by the way, with a third party because we all talked about it, didn't we? You need 270 electoral college votes to win the presidency. If you had a large enough candidate who was sticky enough, ladies and gentlemen, to bring voters with him, well, then he could literally get so that nobody got to 270. I bought your Patriot mug, and the bottom said made in China. Well, those are our vendors. We don't make the mugs here. We, our vendors are people that watch the show, and we get our stuff from our vendors. So trying to find everything made in America, I would imagine, is pretty hard. I'd imagine it's pretty hard. Um, report on the WF leaving Twitter. WEF leaving Twitter. I wasn't aware of that. Wasn't aware that they did. Um, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, yes, getting back to that. If no candidate gets to 270 electoral votes, then, then nobody's president. Then it has to go to the House of Representatives, and then they choose who gets to be that president. So, I mean, if, if anybody was to do it, Trump could do it. If anybody was to do that, Trump could do it. Okay. All right. Um, let's get into. I want to get into uh, little Jamie Raskin. Do we have little Jamie Raskin pulled up here? I want to get into him talking about the Electoral College, because this is something that we're just talking about. And this is this will tell you right here how bad they want to get rid of it. And trust me, the Electoral College is something they're going after, regardless of if we have the House of Representatives or not. They want it gone. Let's listen to little loser Jamie Raskin. Improving our institutions. How so? Um, Well, um, I think that uh, the Electoral College now, which has given us five popular vote losers as president in our history twice in this century alone, um, has become a danger, not just to democracy, but to the American people. It was a danger on January 6th. There's so many curving byways and nooks and crannies in the Electoral College that there are opportunities for a lot of strategic mischief. We should elect the president the way we elect governors, senators, mayors, representatives, everybody else, whoever gets the most votes wins. So you don't think that this um, reforming of the Electoral Count Act, which is really just making clear that the vice president's role is just ceremonial with the electors, you don't think that solves the issue? It doesn't solve the fundamental problem. I'm for that. And that's the very 
very least we can do and we must do. It's necessary, but it's not remotely sufficient. Uh, you know, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year exporting American democracy to other countries, and the one thing they never come back to us with is the idea that, oh, that electoral college thing you have, that's so great, we think we'll adopt that too. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson said that he deplored the sanctimonious reverence with which some people look at the original handiwork of the framers when mm -hmm. they should be looking to their own experience. He said the framers were great and they were patriots, but they didn't have the benefit of the experience that we've lived. And we know that the Electoral College doesn't fit anymore, which is why I'm a big supporter. We know the Electoral College doesn't fit anymore. If they get rid of the Electoral College, small states with hardly any population, even big states with hardly any population, will not have a say-so. They will not matter. We will no longer be the United States of America. We'll just be America, North America, whatever it is that we call ourselves at that point. So, ladies and gentlemen, why am I talking about all this? We, we know all this, right? Everybody knows they want the Electoral College gone. That is why you're hearing them say the word democracy so much lately. That is why you are hearing them start to put things in their little bills to chip away at the Electoral College. Because if they can demonize the Electoral College and all these little bills piece by piece and continue to say democracy, their goal will be to just remove the Electoral College. And this is why it's so important that we cannot have Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. Period. This is why it is so important we cannot have Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House. I don't care how much Matt Gates gets demonized. Stand up, Matt Gates. Stand up. Keep standing up. Be the only one that stands up against Kevin McCarthy. Because if Kevin McCarthy becomes the Speaker of the House, then Democrats will get their way nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, he will cave. And he will cave to the Electoral College. I guarantee it. That is how serious I am about this. We cannot, at all costs, we cannot at all costs allow Kevin McCarthy near that speakership. Just like in 2015, when he was forced to give it up because he didn't have the votes, he should be forced to give it up right now. I'm going to jump ahead, actually. I'm going to jump ahead and talk about that right now. That was actually four stories from now, but we need to bring that up right now. This is so important. And they have a backup. Ladies and gentlemen, they have a backup. I did tell MTG that. MTG is ducking me. She won't come on the show. Tells you everything you need to know. And I told you what I would do. I told you how I would feel about people who stand up for Kevin McCarthy. Now they have a backup. And the report is coming out of the GOP is that their backup, in case Kevin McCarthy doesn't get it, is Steve Scalise. He will be the backup. He's just, to me, he's just as bad. To me, he's just as bad. We need somebody strong like a Matt Gates. Somebody strong in the face of all adversity. Kevin McCarthy's not the guy. He's going to give the Democrats everything they want. Steve Scalise is not the guy. He's almost as bad. The chance that he may not get enough votes is very, very likely. So waiting in the wings is Representative Steve Scalise, who many people believe would get the votes easily. Scalise must be ready to take House Speaker Gavel if McCarthy falls short of the votes. This is coming from GOP insiders, okay? They're pushing Steve Scalise, the GOP whip, as a shoe-in for House Speaker if the lead contender, Kevin McCarthy, falls short of the majority. 
by the January 3rd vote. Given the California Republican struggle to secure enough GOP votes like he did in 2015. Okay. Quote, if Kevin doesn't get it, Scalise gets it easily. A Republican source uh, said, I think people should trust Steve more. No, I think people just trust Steve more and they don't always trust Kevin. Scalise is more conservative on the kind of stuff that matters to some people. Now, am I saying that Steve Scalise is a huge rhino like Kevin? I'll say this. Steve Steve Scalise is a rhino when it suits him. But he is more conservative than Kevin McCarthy. He would be better, but he's still a no-go for me. We've got to have somebody better, somebody stronger. Steve Scalise is just the second in charge to Kevin and McCarthy now, meaning he's a duck following in line like a little duckling. But that is their plan. That is their plan. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're just approaching 1,000 rumbles. Please, please, please rumble this video if you have not. Jeremy, why is DJT endorsing McCarthy? Well, my guess from everybody that I, I can't think of any other reason why. <laughs> you morons couldn't even elect Dr. Oz. Exactly. Uh, I think you're talking about the, the Republican Party. Um, my guess as to why Donald Trump is saying to just back off and let McCarthy get it is because Kevin McCarthy is bending the knee to Donald Trump like he bends the knee to everybody else. I'll give you whatever you want. And Donald Trump, would, Donald Trump as a businessman says... Hmm, is it more important to me to get whatever I want in the speakership? Or is it more important for me to put somebody there who's strong like me and might push back on me? Looking at it from a business point of view, it's probably better for Trump to have somebody that's beholden to him somehow, some way, some shape or form. And we all know that Kevin McCarthy's that guy. He is the yes, sir, I'll do anything you ask guy. I don't know. I think Donald Trump saying he, he wants Kevin McCarthy in there is, is different than MTG saying that she wants. Both of them are promised something, but Donald Trump expects to be in the presidency. And when Donald Trump is in the presidency, he expects anybody in the House to do what he wants them to do. That is my personal opinion. Could be a chess move. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I, I agree with Gates. If Donald Trump sincerely wants Kevin McCarthy to be in the speakership role, then he's wrong. Then he's wrong. But I agree it's because he has him in his pocket. 100%. 100%. All right, let's move on. We've got to talk about, uh, we've got about 12 minutes left. We've got to talk about the Twitter files, ladies and gentlemen, because once again, you were proven right. I was proven right. Donald J. Trump was proven right. And that's the Twitter files, folks. Another Twitter file drop shows how Twitter rigged the COVID debate. Elon Musk yesterday released another Twitter files drop and then he was on a podcast over the Christmas holiday and he was talking about how every conspiracy theory that we all on the right had about Twitter not only has turned out to be true, but he said and more. He said that out of his own mouth. He was laughing. He's like, I couldn't believe it. He said, I could not believe it. This is Elon Musk himself over the holiday said, I could not believe it. Every conspiracy theory that the right and Trump and everybody had about Twitter, they were all right and more. So by censoring, this is how they, this is again how they rigged the COVID debate. 
by censoring info that was true but inconvenient for the U.S. government policy, by discrediting doctors and other experts who disagreed, like uh, um, all the frontline doctors, uh, doctors that were even in the Senate. How about Mr. Rand Paul himself? By suppressing ordinary users, including some sharing the CDC's own data. And so far, the Twitter files have focused on evidence of Twitter's secret blacklists, how the company functioned as kind of a subsidiary for the FBI, and how executives rewrote the platform's rules to accommodate their political desires uh, case by case. Okay? Um, Three, what we have yet to uncover is all of the COVID stuff. This reporting for the free press is one piece of the important story. What we, um, that was put out by David, David Zweig. The United States government pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to, evalu- uh, to elevate certain content and suppress other content about COVID-19 because it did not fit the lockdowns. It did not fit the, the mandatory masking. It did not fit the mandatory vaccination based on doctors' uh, own research and their own reports. Anybody who put anything with VAERS, if you put out VAERS, which, by the way, is maintained by the federal government, you were also silenced. Because doctors reporting to VAERS, they were then going, finding the doctors that reported to VAERS that were not anonymous, and then they were going and they were pressuring them for reporting it to VAERS, which made all people fearful of reporting to VAERS, because if they reported to VAERS and somebody shared that on Twitter and that got flagged, it would work its way all the way back to the doctors who reported to VAERS. Folks, it goes so deep. It gets so... And, and I think, I really do believe, Donald Tr- Trump saying that Elon Musk was a hero, I think Donald J. Trump actually has something... I think he's... I don't want to be like Q or anything else, but I truly and honestly believe that Trump fully expected Elon Musk to buy Twitter. And I fully and honestly believe that Elon, that Donald Trump knew that Musk was going to put all this stuff out. Twitter executives did not fully capitulate to the Biden team's wishes. An extensive review of internal communications at the company revealed employees often debating moderation cases in great detail and with more care than was shown by the government toward free speech. So inside, Twitter executives didn't feel comfortable about it, some of them, but they were pressured. They were pressured by the government to do this. Twitter did suppress views, many from doctors and scientific experts from around the world, that conflicted with the official positions of the White House. As a result, legitimate findings and questions that would have expanded the public debate went missing. How many people died because they didn't get ivermectin in time? How many people died because they were put on remdesivir and they were silencing people saying that remdesivir was bad and it was killing people? The White House would pressure Twitter to silence that and then more people would request doctors or be okay with doctors anyway, putting their family members on remdesivir and then boom, dead. Boom, dead. I'm just reading some of the comments here. I love the people that only sit in here to say ridiculous and negative stuff. It blows my mind. Like, is that what you do with your life? Do you literally, and it's not even trolls. It's just regular people. 
But just sitting in here, literally saying, it's almost like they look at themselves in a mirror too and go, you will be nothing in life. You'll have nothing in life. You are a worthless idiot. Those are the kind of people that say nothing but that same stuff on social media. And you should be ashamed of yourselves, by the way. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Because that kind of stuff right there, that is the same thing as suppressing uh, all of the truth on Twitter. All you're doing is throwing negativity out in the world and getting somebody else to pick up on that negative negativity. And I do feel sorry for you. I do. I feel very sorry for you. I also want to expose something that Amazon is doing, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of being pressured by the federal government, we need to talk about Amazon's charity program, Amazon Smile, because they're using Southern Poverty Law Center's... Um, the Southern Poverty Law Center and the resources there to blacklist Christian organizations from fundraising. <laughs> Great thing to do around Christmas, right? Amazon Smile sounds more uh, sounds like such a cheerful program. Customers can sign up to the program to have a zero a point zero five percent of their purchase donated to a charity. Charities go through an application process to be accepted, but many Christian charities have nothing to smile about after learning that they need not apply. Amazon uses hate group, Southern Poverty Law Center, to vet whether an organization is allowed to participate in this charity program. Organizations must be a public charity, charitable organization that are registered in a good standing with the IRS as a 501c3 to be eligible to participate. Eligible charitable organizations must also be located in one of the 50 states uh, and the District of Columbia. Okay, um, I just want to move on here. SPLC claims that they are the premier U.S. organization monitoring the activities of domestic hate groups and other extremists, including the KKK, white nationalists, and neo-Nazi movements, and anti-government militias and others. The problem is BLM's not on there. Antifa's not on there. None of these left-wing... Um, Pro-choice groups that, that destroy abortion clinics are on there. But do you know who else is on there? Christian groups. Christian groups that um, put out anti, uh, what do you want to call it? Anti-pro-choice uh, material. Anti-pro-choice literature. Meaning pro-life. So if you're a pro-life organization out there, a Christian organization, a 501c3, Amazon is now instructing their, uh, using the SPLC, they are instructing them to make sure that they're not on the list. Because if you are anti-free or anti-pro-choice, then, and you are, then you're a Christian organization more than likely, and just by default, you're on that list as a hate group. Can you imagine being pro-life and being labeled actually a hate group and not being able to receive charitable donations as a 501c3 good standing with the IRS charitable donations. Do you want to know why they're doing that? Because what comes next is the IRS not recognizing Christian churches as 501c3 tax exempt. It's all coming down to that. Folks, everything that you're seeing, the destruction of our judiciary system, the destruction of our electoral process, the destruction of our southern border, the destruction of our money, the destruction of our sovereignty, the destruction of all of this is all for one thing and one thing only, to destroy the church. That is it. The faster you realize that, the faster you can get in the game and get on the battlefield as an effective warrior. Because all of this, 
None of this is about the Constitution. None of this is about the Bill of Rights. None of this is about your, you know, rights given to you by God enshrined in the Constitution. No, it's all about killing the church and Christ. And because America was built on a Judeo-Christian foundation and as Judeo-Christian pillars, that fundamental change that Barack Hussein Obama preached about was exactly that. We've got to break down the pillars of Christianity to build back up America to be this democracy, this utopia of wokeness that they that you see every day. That's it. So until you guys get your head out of the ground and into the clouds and heaven where it belongs, you're not going to be an effective battle uh, a soldier. Period. Period. That is why I've been saying overturning Roe v. Wade was the best thing we could have ever done. If you want change, it's got to start with Christ. If you don't have that at the center of your life, kiss America goodbye. Every, everything here is temporary. Remember that. And now I will end the show today with some, something fun and positive. And that is something that Christy Nome, Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota, got for Christmas. She got something. Uh, she turned the heat up, we'll just say, for Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, Governor Christy Nome's Christmas, uh, Christmas present. Check this out. See that? That's what Governor Christy Noem got for Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Perfect. And that right there is what we need to do to democracy. Burn it up with a flamethrower, ladies and gentlemen. Burn it up with a flamethrower. Anyway, that's going to do it for LFA Live from America today. We've got Mike Crispy, Unafraid, and producer Frankie coming up next. I, uh, I ask that you please go give them some love. Uh, give some rumbles to all the shows today. God bless you. It's been nice to come back. I know there wasn't a lot of great news today, but it is the news. The good news is that it's all temporary, and you can fix it by being a proper soldier. There are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Please visit JeremyHerald.com, ladies and gentlemen. Sign up for the morning newsletter. Join with us every morning for Rise Up as we break it down. And also sign up for a Bible if you are in need. God bless each and every one of you. Unafraid, coming up next, keep a smile on your face. Keep your families close, and keep spreading that Gospel. Peace.